0: Welcome to This Is Not Investment Advice. Every day, I'm going to choose an article that relates to Bitcoin or monetary policy, perhaps even cryptocurrencies in general. And then I'm going to talk about it, give my thoughts, and then I'm also going to cover a general topic afterwards. So today's topic is, and you can search for this, by a gentleman named Kenneth. Rogoff. And he is the former head of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. He's a Harvard professor. And the title of the article is, it's in Bitcoin.com, their newsfeed. Harvard professor Kenneth Rogoff warns central banks will never allow Bitcoin to go mainstream. So the first thing I want to talk about is, he says, eventually, quote, eventually over the long course of history, The government first regulates and then appropriates. And I think that's what we can see happening here, he warned. I actually agree with him. I think that what you're seeing with Lagarde and what you're seeing with Yellen is them setting up um, two things. A, they're trying to dissuade a tremendous amount of Americans. From or Europeans, from investing in this. And B, they're setting up the vilification of Bitcoin. They're saying things like it's being used for illicit transactions, it needs to be regulated, and Yellen specifically has kind of flip-flopped. And I think she's probably getting a lot of pressure um, from people to put pressure on Bitcoin. So I think she is dropping the breadcrumbs and is kind of setting the stage. However, if you go down the article, what he does is, he kind of admits to we're very early. He says, I have to say, regulation is in its early innings. If there is no final use for Bitcoin, and I don't think there's going to be, then ultimately this bubble will pop, but it could take a decade. So this means that even someone who he is very anti-Bitcoin as a use case, he thinks that we're very early and this could take a long time. Um, I I also want to comment that I don't think Bitcoin can be banned. And the reason is, it's already too far. Could it have been banned before? Maybe. But if you would ban Bitcoin right now, you you would affect multiple Americans 401ks because a lot of those people own S&P 500 funds, which own Tesla. So you'd be, you'd have some huge pushback. Um, There's also ETFs getting, getting, you know, set up. And so I think maybe the way to look at this is the government's trying to slow Bitcoin down because if they, they fear that if it really takes off, it could cause a loss of confidence in their currency. Um, as we go through the article, he says, as it really starts to compete with ordinary fiat currencies, government currencies, I think they'll clamp down on it like a ton of bricks. They are not going to allow that to happen. So, so a few things. Um, I think this guy misunderstands why people are in Bitcoin. Yes, Bitcoin was initially used as a payment method. I do not believe that's why most people are investing in Bitcoin now. Gold was used as a payment method. That's not why people are investing in gold now. Um, No one's taking a gold bar because they think we're going back to exchanging gold for fucking food. Um, I, I think that he really, really misunderstands why people are in this, which is a positive thing. Um, one thing that I think is true is that as Bitcoin grows, and I don't know what level it grows to, but as it grows to maybe 2 trillion or 3 trillion, I, I think the government's going to be very, there's gonna be people within the government that lash out at it. But the greatest thing is um, we don't live in a uh, dictatorship where one person makes decisions. Um, as we go down, Um, he said, I don't think regulating at all, regulating is all that difficult. I think there's been a hesitation to move too quickly because there's been a lot of innovation in the cryptocurrency space and governments want to allow that to proceed. Um, number one, it's already been regulated. I think this is from like his scholarly point of view. Um, I do think that governments are trying to figure out uh how to regulate it ironically uh if governments would just focus on having a balanced budget not printing money and not in not intervening in every market bitcoin would probably go away so if the government actually just left things alone uh it would go away bitcoin is a reaction to a problem it's not the source of the problem uh So here's the funniest part to me or not funniest, but most interesting quote, but make no mistake, the government's need to retain control over taxation, controlling crime, et cetera. Uh, I I don't think the government can retain control over controlling crime. Um, I actually think they're driving crime higher by inequality due to their monetary policies. Taxation, that's fine. Uh, They mean to maintain control over the unit of account, the currency. Once again, I think this guy misunderstands what really why people are in Bitcoin. Um, and I think that that's actually a really good thing because there's a lot uh, I think bitcoin Bitcoin prospers with a bit of government incompetence. Um, the one thing that's really interesting to me that I want to talk about is And part of the articles, he says, zero interest rates can produce a lot of funny asset valuations. And so I think he's, you're starting to see him admit, and people in his position admit that the government is part of the problem. And I started to see this recently where people have said, well, yes, we are causing, you know, these zero interest rates and these policies can kind of, they're finally copping to it because if a house is going up 10, 20% a year, you kind of have to admit you're part of the problem. Um, I don't know if this is the beginning or just a one-off, but it seems that I've seen this on more and more people in the academic community talk about this. Um, and we're talking about funny asset valuations. I want to go to value. And so, you know, if you're in Bitcoin right now, uh, if you were in Bitcoin two weeks ago, you were feeling really good, especially if you owned great scale. And now, myself included, you do not feel good. Um, it has been a wild whipsaw ride. Um, and so I think what we want to talk about to me is value and the perceived false idea of stable value. Um, I don't think there's anything. I not want to say anything. I think there's a real lack of things of items that have stable value. Real estate over the last 10 years has been highly unstable. Um, bonds have been highly unstable in their fluctuations. Stock market's definitely been unstable. Um, so gold has been unstable. There's nothing that's kind of held its value just at like the, the same, you know, maybe plus 2% a year, or 3%. It, it's been very fluctuating. And so I think what Bitcoin is going right now is people are trying to figure out the value of the Bitcoin network. And I actually think it's unbelievably remarkable that in 12 years, Bitcoin has come to this value, number one, had this many supporters in 12 years, but it started to somewhat stabilize. Now, that sounds kind of crazy, right? Because you would tell me if you were against Bitcoin or even if you're in Bitcoin, hey, you know, three years ago, Bitcoin's at almost $20,000. Then it crashed to three last year. Now it's back to fifty. Okay, but here's another thing: Bitcoin is no longer two hundred bucks. You know, think about that. We we've gone to the point, I think, of the story where this number one fear of Bitcoin was it's going to zero, and I and I think that is, you know, I never like to talk. My dad says never talk and uh, never say never, but. I think we're getting rid of that idea that Bitcoin is going to crash to zero. Um, you know, part of that is, I think the the institutional demand, um, and, uh, in terms of, in terms of Bitcoin, um, I think the valuation is starting to be discovered. And I'm a big fan of dollar cost averaging, although I will not feel good Bitcoin goes to 30k, I'll be honest with you guys and gals. But I think it's pretty amazing that something in 12 years has grown up this much and has eliminated that, you know, that nasty go-to-zero idea. Um in terms of the value, and to continue this thought. I think my thought really goes to the value of the network. What is, you know, people talk about Bitcoin's price, and it's always price, 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 price. And to me, this is the question that I try to ask myself is, what is the value of the Bitcoin network, and why is it so valuable? Uh, You know, to me, I think it's kind of insurance against, you know, the unthinkable, you know, in in many other countries in the world, their insurance are us dollars. That's why people don't save in their own currencies because of hyperinflation or significant inflation or debasement. Um, But now even for the developed world, it's not that we're necessarily going to go into hyperinflation or inflation, but it's becoming a real possibility. And I think with, you know, if there's really significant inflation, you know, um, not to get too sidetracked here, I think most people are thinking, hey, the, the Fed's not going to be able to raise rates to 5 6%. They can't do that. They won't do that. Not can't, they won't do that. And so I think people are trying to say, hey, there there is a possibility we live in a world where prices go up, but wages stay the same, a.k.a your savings account goes to goes to crap and so i think we're now in the situation where we are kind of you know in terms of value if you're a bitcoiner or you know or even if you're in crypto what is the value of the space and more importantly why is it valuable um for me i think it's insurance against one of the big central banks doing something crazy or whatever it takes. You know, one of the examples that I give is, you know, what happens if COVID comes back? Let's say COVID comes back and even people that have vaccines get sick. Will they shut down again? You know, I'm thinking, you know, like, like, and don't dismiss that, right? What if that happens? What if there's a bond market crash and the government has to step in and they have to print enormous amounts of money? And so To me, you know, value is kind of what we all agree on. And so I think what you're seeing is a small amount of people, very, very tiny, are starting to agree that Bitcoin has value. You're not seeing Johnson & Johnson buy Bitcoin. You're seeing Tesla, Square, MicroStrategy. I think these are people that are more kind of on the fringe companies pushing the envelope but it's graduated from value being discussed at a coffee shop to a publicly traded company. And it's very, very interesting on how human beings determine value because it can be highly fluctuating. So I hope you enjoyed my first podcast. Um, I'll do another episode in the very near future. And uh, thanks again.